It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, let's go in the lab. Oh, John, that was a good 2019 Texans draft talk you and I just had a moment ago. But we're going to turn the page now, and we're going to discuss the Texans and Redskins here on In the Lab. Like that little T. Was that mean? What I just did? What, that we were talking about the 2019 draft? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the 2019 draft right now. I mean, I'm always thinking about it. I'm going to say this. It, it is mean what I just said because people would be fascinated to hear what you just said. <laughs> but we're going to get into that. We'll have plenty of time in a few months. That. Sound good? Come February. Hey, but before we get started, I want to remind you, you can listen on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you're there on iTunes, please leave us a comment. Leave us one of those star ratings. We'd love a five-star rating. But just do some interaction with us there because we want you to love us, we want to get better, and we want you most of all to listen. All right, this is an interesting ball club the Texans are facing. In many ways, they share a lot of similarities with you, the with Texans. me? Not you so oh, much, oh, but oh. they, the Redskins, share similar similarities with the Texans. They're both 6-3. and three. They're both leading their division. Yes. They've both gotten their wins in um, what many would call not the most aesthetically pleasing Way I don't give a rat's you know what about that stuff. <laughs> I take take a win and love it and embrace it and cuddle with it any way I can. But these Redskins are getting it done, and they've gotten it done in a variety of ways. One of which is going plus eleven and turnover differential. Only three teams in the NFL are better than them in that. Texans are doing okay. They're plus what five now? Plus four. They've uh, they've steadily climbed. They're in the top ten at least, but. They're led by Alex Smith, and Alex Smith knows the Texans oh so well, John. Yes, he oh does. so well. I'm going to go through some some numbers. All time when he's played against the Texans, not necessarily started, but when he's played, his teams have gone five and two. That includes the playoffs mm-hmm. in 05, in 13, and so in 05 with the Niners as a rookie, in 13, 15, 15 in the playoffs, and 17 with the Chiefs. They all won those games. Only time he's lost or been on the losing end was in 9 in a game he didn't start. Sean Hill started that. He came in the okay. second half through three touchdowns right. and a pick. Right. That was also Michael Crabtree's first career game. And he lost in 16. Yep. That's the one I, that's the one I remember it's more Brock so Osweiler. because that was, that was a game that I felt like the Texans absolutely without question needed to have. Mm-hmm. Coming off a year in which the Chiefs had beat them in the first game. Not embarrassed. Not, not beaten. Embarrassed. No, the first game was not, but the playoff game the was. The playoff game playoff was embarrassing. Game was, it was one of those games like the Titans won I was watching the other day against the Patriots. The opening kickoff didn't go for a touchdown like it did with uh, Nile Davis against us in the playoff game. But against the Patriots, Titans-Patriots, Darius Jennings had a long kick return, and it was downhill all day for them after that. I yeah. mean, they just dominated the game, and that was kind of the way. that. So I thought it was imperative in 2016 when the Chiefs come here, you're going to have to match up against them physical on physical. Of course, they did and came out of there, and I knew it was going to happen. It was a physical battle, and then we had to go to New England on that Thursday night, and I mm-hmm. thought, this could be trouble. And, of course, it turned out that way. But they had to get that win against Kansas City. I hate facing Alex Smith because what Alex Smith forces you to do is 
make sure he's not going to give you the football. Nope. Like you're just you're not getting it. And what happened in 2016, which was abnormal in some sense, was we got the football, but it wasn't from Alex Smith throwing interceptions. It was from Alex Smith. It really wasn't even his fault. The first snap went over his head. Yeah, JJ got on that, and then there was a fumble later on where he had a completion and somebody got knocked away, and then Kevin Johnson picked it up and ran. So that was the only time the Texans were able to beat Alex Smith. But if he's going to throw the football, he's not going to turn it over to you. You're 11, not, 11, you're not touch, getting him. 11 touchdowns all time versus the Texans. Just four interceptions. And I'm surprised by the four interceptions. Yeah, yeah. I would have never even thought that. One of those was a Cushing one in the in the playoffs. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was off a tip pass, too. Yeah. So he, he just he's just not going to give you the football. He's not going to give you the ball, and he's not going to make things – easy for you, and I think that's sort of this Washington team. Drew, I, I thought about it. I looked at their, their wins, and I looked at um, what they've done, and you mentioned it. Six and three team. Their point differential it's weird, man. is one. It's weird. Because Plus one. You know what? And you know what happened? The three losses, they've all been bad. They've yeah. all been very – I mean, all losses are bad, but these have been – all by double digits. Yeah, they lost been, by twelve at no, home. You're to the right. Colts. They've been bad. They lost by twelve to the Colts at home. They lost on the road by twenty four to the Saints. Now that happens to people. Yep. But they also lost at home by twenty four to the Falcons. And they've talked about it this week. Their own players have talked about it this week. They like to play on the road better than they do at home. I'm not paraphrasing. I'm not reading tea leaves. They said they like to play better on the road yep. than they do in front of their home crowd. Yep. FedEx Field, the fans have gotten fed up over the over the last three decades of losing. You know they haven't, haven't won big since what that Super Bowl with Rippin and yeah ninety one ninety one. So there's been an erosion. Sounds of like support. another team in that division. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. but there's been an erosion of support. It's even worse with this this bunch. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt. And I think that's what's remarkable because here's, we laugh about that with the Cowboys. It's it's worse in Dallas. No, it's the, worse in excuse me in Washington. If you look at and I, I compared the 2018 Redskins to the 2016 Texans. If you look at them, they're pretty similar. When the Texans lost in 2016, before the bye week, when they got to 6-3, and three, the three losses that, that year, 2016, were New England on the road, I think it was 27 to nothing. They uh, lost to Minnesota, which was like 31-13 to 13 or 31-14, something, 34-14, something like that. And then lost to Denver, which was like 27-9. Yeah. But the games they were winning were like by 9, by 3. By six, by seven, they beat Kansas City that year by seven, uh, which was a blowout. But that that team was playing with a particular formula, and that was we're going to play outstanding defense, and we're going to stay in the game with our defense. And if you turn the ball over to us, we're going to make you pay for it. And we're going to go down, and we may not score touchdowns, but we'll put threes on the board. We'll we'll get points when we need them. Yeah, and that was kind of the way that 2016 team played. And you look at the results, and that's really what this Washington team is. Even more so, look at Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson has, in three losses, those three losses we talked about, he has a total of 24 carries. Mm-hmm. He's carried the ball 24 times in a game, three times. That's amazing. And in every win, it's been 17 or more. So this is a team that wants to win that way. And I can see a fan base... And, and I saw the Texas fan base in 2016. Yeah, we're winning. I mean, not the, the diehards. The diehards were just like, hey, we love the Texans. Texans win. Sure. But the ones that are kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't know. They're just, it's just not sexy. It's just, you know, Brock. And 
and, and you know, they're winning with defense. And I heard Brian Billick say this one time because Brian Billick was the offensive coordinator of the 98 Vikings, one of the greatest offensive teams yep. of all time. And he was the head coach of the Ravens, who had one of the best defense. He said, fans, he goes, I'm just being honest, fans do not like a team that wins with defense. They just don't like it. Yeah, They don't like it. And in that year, in 2000, the Ravens went five games without scoring a touchdown, and they won two of them. And he said fans just don't like it, which I find fascinating because when you come home with a Super Bowl ring, does it matter how you got there? No, but fans don't like to see teams that win with running game and defense. They don't. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about this defense because you bring up Adrian Peterson and what he's done. During the win streak, Texans defense on the whole has given up 41 yards on the ground to the Colts. Yes. 98 yards on the ground to the Dallas Cowboys. They have the best running back in the league, I believe, in Zeke Elliott. They gave up 100, even 100 yards to the Bills. They gave up 70 yards to the Jags. They gave up their worst in this win streak total, 116 yards to the Dolphins, but they blew the Dolphins' doors off. It's been the biggest win of the season as far as point differential. And then they gave up 75 yards to an offense that featured a rookie in Phillip Lindsay who had was coming in rolling. I mean, he was getting about six yards a carry, just under. Yeah. So they've bottled up the run during this this streak, John. Uh, they've done a really good job because the first three weeks they were giving up 122, 100, and 114. Still good numbers on the whole, but they've held only – they've held two of those opponents under – you know, two of those opponents have gotten more than 100 yards in these this win streak, but everybody else has been under 100. I mean, you do that – and it's like you're talking about, you know, the numbers say it. You take the ball out of Adrian Peterson's hands. You get up early maybe, and that's a recipe for success. What Tampa Bay, the, the formula that Tampa Bay was following, and Tampa Bay has got a pretty explosive group of, of wide receivers. They were on their way to getting that done. They had that's such a weird statistical. They had 507 yards, and I, and I watched, I watched it, uh, it was at least the first half of the game. They had every opportunity in the world. They were moving the ball, picking up chunks, and there would be times that the Redskins would make a tackle for no loss. Then the very next play, 15-yard pass across the middle, and it would be wide open. And going on the first drive in particular, and Fitzy's got a wide receiver open. They they do a nice job sort of flooding the zone. They got a flat right, they got a sail, and then they got a post. And the sail is open, and Fitzy's – Sails it over his head, yeah. um, and and it's open. And Josh Norman makes one hell of an interception. So interception. I mean, the drive chart for that game is incredible. It's like missed field goal, interception. I don't know that that Tressway punted that game. And I don't he's think been he did. He's, that guy's been punting really. Yeah, he's well been great. Yeah. I mean, he's been great. But over 500 yards for Tampa Bay and three points. Well, the week before Atlanta didn't turn the ball over, and Atlanta won that game. And they've got some pretty explosive offenses now. It's just a matter of whether the Texans can kind of tap into the TNT this weekend. And having Kiki QT on the field, having Demarius Thomas and, and Demarius knowing the offense a little bit more, having DeAndre Hopkins, and then being able to kind of mix everything up against a defense that's got some good dudes up front. Yep, They've got a guy in DJ Swearinger that knows them at least a little bit, which isn't going to help. And last time Josh Norman matched up with DeAndre Hopkins, it was one hell of a battle in 2015 in Carolina. Do you see – I wanted to ask you about that. Do you see that being the case – Snap for snap, or do you think no. he's going to see a lot of guys? Because he gets chided by other cornerbacks yeah. around the league, does Norman, yeah. for not locking up with the opposing team's best receiver. Now, a lot of times he does, but most of the time it's he's staying in his zone, he's staying on his side of the field yeah. or, or what have you. 
Is he going to see a mixture of Hopkins and Thomas and QT? Yeah, I think he's going to. I think he'll probably stay to one side and and play play that side. In Carolina, it was a little bit different. Um, they were a little bit more aggressive with some of the things that they did in Carolina, I, probably than they are now in Washington. But and I, I think I think he's a good player. I don't want people to. No, no, think no I'm, that I'm with I'm, you. I, I, I'm with, I think he's good. I, I'm with you. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. Which I think in Carolina he played great that year in particular in 2015. I think he was really kind of at the peak. I still think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's a great player. He's not a Jalen Ramsey's class, and I don't. I, I mean. But the point is, there there aren't a lot of corners or players at Jalen Ramsey's class. No. There's nobody in this league that can go walk over to Hopkins and line up on him one-on-one, and the safety's like, all right, Jay, you got that. I'm going over here. Well, and we're, and we're, and in, the midst of seeing, we're in the midst of seeing DeAndre Hopkins at his best these last right. two years. I mean, he's, he's at the tip-top of his game, tip-top right. of the game. And a few different Redskins have said that. Josh Brown, one of the linebackers, is like, he's going to get his. I mean, yeah. he's really, really good. Josh played for the Titans, and so he's seen a bit of this offense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see – because, you know, it's going to be fun to see what DJ Swearinger does. But I'm, I'm more fascinated <laughs> to see the Josh Norman aspect of things yeah. based off of the hype, what he does, who he's matched up with. And I want to close this by getting your thoughts on Demarius Thomas. I just, just had Cecil Shorts and Brian T. Smith on extra points. We yeah. shot that. And Cecil brought up a really good point. He says it's a little bit easier for a receiver to join an offense in the middle of the season because the playbook is a lot thinner than yeah. it is in March. That when makes you, sense. When you come and sign. So you got to learn a lot more at the outset, and you have more time to do so. But when you come in in the middle, his point is there's less that you have to learn, and it's more game plan specific. It was very game plan specific, all game plan specific, yeah. that first week against Denver. Now, they've kind of opened it up a little bit, and they're getting him in. But he said, hey, I'm, Thomas, I'm a quick learner. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm a quick learner. We've heard the same from John Perry, his receivers coach, same from Bill O'Brien. And, I mean, he's been, you know, over the last six, seven years, he's been one of the best in the game at that position. Yeah. It's going to be fun pairing him up with Thomas, or excuse me, with uh, with Hopkins and with QT and with the tight ends, which I think are really emerging in Jordan Thomas. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think the biggest thing, and, and I think Cecil's on it, and that's what Bill O'Brien talked to us about. He said, we're game planning for Denver, so we fed him – Basically, all we could get to you was the mashed potatoes. Right. Like, we're giving you the mashed potatoes. And show how to cook the mashed potatoes. at the end of the game. You know, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's natural. It's it's not a knock on it. And he even said, he admitted to it. He's like, I'm not going to cost my team again. But with some time to go back, now it's like, all right, Demarius, we're going to show you how we cook the turkey. We're going to show you how we cook the mashed potatoes and reemphasize that. Then we're going to show you how we cook the pie. We're not going to show you everything, but we're going to give you some of the playbook basics that you need to have, how we call things, how we go about things. And that really was what the bye week was for, for him to kind of get the basics. Then when they get into the game plan, it's like, okay, here's where some of those basics are coming in with my game plan learning. So I think yeah, Cecil's on it. There's no doubt. And Coach O'Brien talked about that, that the bye week was for Demarius to get you know some of those basics of really unique spot to be in. And we really haven't had that. We haven't had that situation, I suppose, unless you consider some of the quarterbacks. Yeah. The quarterbacks have had to go through it. Like I've heard that same thing from Bill O'Brien talking about Brandy Weed. I remember him talking about Whedon when he got here in 2015. Whedon said learning this playbook was like learning calculus in Chinese backwards. Yeah. So 
he didn't have much time, but what they did, and I remember in that Colts game, he had been here for, what, two or three weeks, yeah. and they just gave him what he was comfortable. They talked to him at halftime and talked about, okay, what are you comfortable with? And then they formulated the game plan around that for the second half, and they went down and had a couple of really good scoring drives in that game with Brandon Whedon. And then the next week, when they had some time to make sure that he understood more of the playbook, then they instituted more of the playbook, went to Tennessee, and they scored, I think, 30 or 34 in that game. So that's that's the biggest key is just now Demarius has a little bit more time. But the one other thing, and I heard Andre, we talked to Andre where about this. Andre made a great point. He said, look, and we saw this in Denver, but there's only so much of this you can do. But Andre said, they'll just get in the huddle, they'll call the play, and Deshaun and DeAndre will look at Demarius and say, line up here and run this route. Okay. And they and they did that to a degree. But you could tell as the game wore on, there were some things that Bill O'Brien saw and wanted to call, and it was just taking a little while for, like, Demarius was like, yo, that's new, I'm not sure. And it would take a while. Yeah. And there were there were a couple times, I saw one time in particular where Deshaun was running a bootleg, and Demarius was out blocking. And had he turned around, you know, been game. running around, he'd been open. But, game. you know, those things happen. But that, I think, against Washington is going to be pretty interesting. Fabian Moreau is a very good athlete. I don't think he's a, a great defensive back just yet. I think DJ Swearinger has turned into a, a pretty solid safety. I'm not ready to buy the farm. Everybody wants, oh, he's really second in the league in interceptions. Got his blind spots, too, though. He's got plenty of them. Yep. You said it. I did. Um, Don't but, we all? But, yeah, exactly. But I think there's there's opportunity there against this secondary, as Tampa Bay proved last week. Now you just have to put the ball in the end zone. You do that, you'll have a Falcons kind of game. If you don't, then you're going to be sitting there at 16-3 to going home with an L. John, we got to wrap this up. This is a W, this podcast. I think it so is too. a W every time. And, and so we're going to wrap this up with a tease for an off-season podcast we're going to do on In the Lab. Because you just gave me a, a, a thought. Brandon Whedon, when you brought him up. Brandon Whedon, if you were to na- make him a, an 80s wrestler or compare him to an 80s wrestler, he's Mr. Perfect. Never loses. That's, As a Texan, at least. That's a good point. He started one game, or he came off the bench in one game and led the Texans to a victory yep. in Indianapolis. And then he started one game and led them to a victory at Tennessee. He is Mr. Perfect. So, He's in Mr. the offseason, we're going to get a bunch of 80s wrestlers <laughs> and assign them who is Houston Texan who is this 80s wrestler. Okay, okay. so right. let I'm that germinate in your brain over the next few months. We will do that. And if you have suggestions about that, gentle listener, hey, we want to hear from you on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Doherty Drew. He's at J. Harris FB or football? Football. At J. Harris football. I know this. Like You're one of my best friends yeah and we talk every single day crack up uh, i tag you in tweets all the time and i just forgot your your twitter no, that's okay i mean I, sometimes when i put in your twitter handle on accident i put in daughtry yeah so i'm thinking like chris daughtry you know the you know musician, my so. um my cross-country coach growing up in high school he's he's from ireland oh <laughs> coach crowley yeah iron mike crowley he would you know when we we're running uh interval laps he'd uh-huh. yell, let's go Daughtry. <laughs> so well, that makes sense because he can't and say I, And I'm Irish, too. He so probably he can can't it. even say Doherty. I'm probably saying my name wrong. He's probably saying my name right because so, he's from the island. But uh, anyways, neither here nor there. John, thanks so much. This was fun. Yeah, and thank you all for listening. We love it when you listen, and we love even more when you leave us a comment. You can do that on iTunes. You can do it on Stitcher. You can do it on TuneIn. But we want to hear from you. We want you to love us, but most of all, we just want you to listen. This has been In the Lab. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.